warm-up, baby. <laughs> well, hello, everyone. Welcome Hi. to Struggle Session. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome, everyone. I'm, I'm Leslie. <laughs> Sorry, I stepped over you. Wow. <laughs> I'm Leslie. I'm Jack III. Allison. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked up. I done fucked up. All I right. apologize. I, and Jonathan's here, too. Yeah, so I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. I'm Jonathan Daniel Brown. Sorry about that. Um, and today we're here to talk about the things that have been going on in the world. You know, uh, uh, there's a term for this, and it's called topical. Uh, this is so a topical what episode. Is a topical episode. It's really important that we, you know, keep our listeners abreast of. Yeah. All of the things going on in the world, because well, there are no other places where they can find sure. that stuff. And like The Daily Show, you know, most young people are getting their news now from our infrequent topical episodes. So I, I do feel a, a responsibility um, similar to probably the one that Jon Stewart felt. Um, Who's Jon Stewart? The director of Rosewater. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Sure. I love um, Rosewater. So what's been going on in the world? I mean, so, you know, uh, uh, right now, uh, uh, tonight, uh, not that anyone will ever care about it by the time uh, this is out, uh, John Ossoff 2 is happening over in Pennsylvania. Did uh, he right win? Right before our eyes. Um, he's like, like, when I got out of the car, he was up like 400 votes or something like that. Like, he's doing like shit compared to like how it's he was It's another neck and neck do. one. Yeah, it's another neck and neck one. Uh, it's John Ossoff too. And What's this guy's name again? Uh, Connor Lamb. Connor Lamb, right? And he's he's an assistant district attorney. Yeah, and then it's, by the way, exciting. it's like, it's for this fucking district that is like not going to be a district anymore after like because that you know the uh, the redistricting happened in Pennsylvania, so they're like trying to run for a seat that won't exist in like November anyway. Anyway, so it's just another example of like, you know, uh, uh, if if we are expecting a blue wave, uh, I think that it might be a more of a blue tide uh, than a full-on blue wave. Uh, because when you're not running against someone who is an admitted ch- child molester, it's, uh, just not as easy it's a to little win. more difficult. Like maybe we shouldn't have counted those uh uh those eggs uh before they were hatching uh uh just off of the Roy Moore election. Well don't worry, we can always do what the DNC always does and shank anyone to uh who who actually has a shot at winning like Laura Moser who Right, fight- that was DCCC, but yeah, this Laura Moser in Texas is like I don't know much about her. I honestly don't know anything about her other than, like, that the DCCC, like, came after her because she's too progressive and they wanted, like, a less uh, uh, left-leaning candidate. Uh, And how funny it is that I would never have heard of this person if not for these fucking fools at the DCCC deciding to, like, run to campaign against uh, uh, their own party. Well, it's very funny because she was attacked, I guess, mainly because her husband was in charge of revolutionary messaging or revolution messaging, which is the digital PR firm that Bernie Sanders used during the 2016 primary. And despite all of these attacks from, you're right, not the DNC, the DCCC. The DCCC, but like people should know like they're in the same building. Yeah, I know. (laughs) What's the fucking difference anymore? All I really knew about the DCCC before is that uh, they're bad Dems and that I believe didn't... didn't, uh, Absolute fucking moron, Robbie Mook, come out of the D Triple C. Yeah, I mean he was he was one of their hot shots. He was one. I think I think he ran like Terry McAuliffe's campaign or something. Then went over to like lead the D Triple C to like historic losses uh, before getting tapped to run the Hillary Clinton campaign. He'll be back. I mean, it seems possible, but it's like like with with this stuff, right? Like I've. I I my brain my brain is kind of drained because I was on the Dead Pundits Society podcast, and if you've ever heard Dead Pundits, which you should all check out, uh, it's very intense. Uh, very academic uh, host, uh, very great guy, but uh, very academic and brain drained. So I'm really really tired right now, and it's just like. Why the fuck do I have to know who Ma- Wa- Robbie Mook is and who he worked for? It's like, th- like it feels like this is just like a like politics is just like another facet of otaku nerddom, and you have to know all these fucking losers, yeah. all the fucking garbage that they've done, like all their fucking terrible fucking work. Like he's a failed mangaka, but I have to know him because he has some tangential relationship to Miyazaki or some shit like. Like that, like, and it's like, 
And, and whether you're talking about like the Democrats or the Republicans, like the Republican, like all these people that just pop up from the Trump administration week in, week out that you never heard of them. And then everybody's talking about them for a week and then they're gone. Uh, Scaramucci. They get memory holes. Yeah. Scaramucci is one of them because they're completely irrelevant in the large part. But like the media, the new uh, CNN and Twitter now is a part of it too with their um, trending moments where they actually promote this shit and this garbage that has nothing to do with anybody's real life. But it's it's just like politics as a form or as Funko Pops, right? Like that's all it is. I mean, look, like uh, like politics has – you know, for better or worse, become entertainment, and it's not just because we elected the fucking reality show guy. It's like, been heading that way for a long time. I mean, like what? What the news is? I, I'm still so furious about this, but like it was this week. It's in the news that Barack Obama's like trying to pitch shows to fucking Netflix. You know oh, what God. I mean? Like, yeah, it cuts yeah. both ways. Like politics has become entertainment because everyone in politics wants to be in entertainment. American we- culture is flattening into a weird, sticky blob of shame and anger and nothingness and it's all flattening and getting stickier at the same time it's just like a jizz rope of misery and it's all the same thing that's a show tie that's a show tie (laughs) we uh uh yeah, I, I I don't know. Like this week, I was like, it's like Barack Obama and Bill Clinton are both doing shows for like premium television. Like Bill Clinton's doing the President is Missing at Showtime, and Barack Obama is trying to do the fucking CNN PBS. Heroes thing or whatever. Uh, and at this point, it's like you know, I was talking like you always say like uh, people have asked me how to get in entertainment. And I'm like, you have to like do it for like ten years. And now I want to say, and it's best if you spend eight of those years as the president of the United States. Yeah. Uh, that's the best way to break into uh, yeah, it's the entertainment. Other, it's, it's the other way around now. Ronald Reagan got famous, then became the president. Now you become the president and get famous. It's yeah. great. <laughs> it's awesome. That's it's- exactly how it should be. It's totally But yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, Leslie, that it, like, you know, my having to know about Robbie Mook is akin to like knowing who what Blue Devil did in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like this like kind of shitty side. Actually, I should not besmirch Blue Devil. He's nowhere near on the level of Robbie Mook. <laughs> there are shitty characters and then there is fucking Robbie Mook. Uh so uh, I'm sorry, I will do better with all the Blue Devil fans out there. Hopefully we will never have to think his name one day. That That is the blessing. That I mean, when he's prayer. running fucking Kamala Harris's campaign in two years, we'll probably be having to think of his oh, name geez. a lot. Oh, boy. That's probably true, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Just the thought. Oof. So anyway, but back to this Laura Moser DCC thing. <laughs> oh, God. No. No. I... I I mean, it's just fuck them. That's all it is. You know what's so funny? Yeah. Is she, I'm, blocked, she made I'm blocked it. by Mira Tandon now because, like, she made it. Yeah, like she, she made it she, she because won. of them. So, well, like, she, maybe maybe we should thank the and D like, Triple C and the DNC and all of them. Like, maybe in all their like stupid fucking castle intrigue and little machinations, they'll end up just like helping progressive candidates because they're absolute bumbling fucking fools. Like, we should hope that Cap should try to get involved in any kind of race. They'll uh, be gone uh, in ten years. Cap yeah. will be gone in ten years. Count count my uh, Nostradamus bullshit prediction. Well, I, I'm thing. Blo- I'm blocked by Nira now. Uh, How did that happen? I don't really remember. I, it was somebody. She retweeted somebody who was like, "I saw you on TV and you were great. Like, can I get a retweet or whatever?" And so then I like tweeted to her. I was like, "I like I love your shitty Jacobin tweets. Like, can I get a retweet?" <laughs> and, and she blocked me. Uh, so I, but I, you know, I went on one of my alts and looked over at Nira's page because I'm just like, "What's going on?" Like now that I'm like blocked by. Nira Tandon and Eric Garland like it is nice to not have it put in your face all the time but I also just like want to check in every once in a while yeah and I checked it on Nira's page and it's like she's just ranting about like Laura Moser and I'm like you are a conservative now like you don't realize it yet they, but you're a conservative they were always conservative you were all yeah. I go over to Nira's page and I'm like you are talking you are now just like ang- angrily tweeting at a progressive candidate. Like, you are a conservative now. You have been a conservative. You're just now officially... A conservative is like the president of the Center for American Progress. Yeah, and and, and it's so true for so many of these fucking uh, people. It's like they have no real politics except loyalty to the Clintons who have lost um, 
again and again and have failed again and again. Most recently, Hillary lost to a, a, a flight of stairs. Another flight of stairs. <laughs> oh, the, the, that's, the, that's the common enemy of both Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton is uh, uh, like five stairs. <laughs> but you saw that, that speech she gave, right? Where she was ba- she said something to the effect of uh, oh, two-thirds of the people who voted for me – or no, no, the, the people who voted for me – uh, make uh, produce two thirds of America's GDP. Yeah. In other words, they make more money, so they matter more. Yeah, it yeah, was pretty ugly, was, actually. It was. It I mean, it was like interesting to see her lay it out so plainly. Sorry, go ahead, Leslie. Yeah, it, it was fucking garbage on multiple levels, right? It was ugly thing to say to just kind of dismiss the people who aren't making money. But her point was trying to like justify like why she lost and she attacked she criticized trump and she actually mentioned you know his talk of make america great again i'm like motherfucker do you not understand why that if you're the one who's saying that america is okay and he's the one that says america make america great again why he won all those places who aren't making money like that, yeah. that, that, like it was a, like a massive self-owned. Besides how shitty it was, besides that, like, did you not see that coming? Did you? Is, <laughs> was this was this not something you spent you know two decades trying to do to try to become president? Did you not spend bil- a billion dollars trying to come up with a message to reach these pay- people? And this fucking dumbass came up with "Make America Great Again" and fucking <laughs> owned you. And you're still out here talking shit for no fucking reason. You should go back to your fucking forest. You are fucking worthless. <laughs> you are just as she is just as stupid as. Donald Trump at this she point. She is. She really is. I, honestly, like, it, well, first of all, I'm just going to give a little a round of applause for Leslie there. But but she really is like, I, what I've been aston- astonished by sort of since the election, because it felt like such a stark comparison during the election. But since then, I'm like, they really are like very similar people. Yeah. And they also look really similar. <laughs> Melting elderly white person yeah. uh, is sort candle, of the look that they both face. have. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's bizarre to me that uh, two years on and after her best-selling book, this is still the thing she talks about forever. Like, I don't know. You were you, you, you t- tweeted something, and I, I got I I should not ever be on Twitter, but you t- but I still look now and then. And you tweeted something to the effect of, you know, why not build a house like Carter did to, sure. the, to the presidents who are selling TV shows? And it's it's very interesting well, that... Well, she's not a president. She's not a fucking <laughs> no. president. Well, she but even she any, doesn't even belong actually, in Actually, Leslie, she won the popular vote. But any, any sort of public official who loses, like, the thing would be to go into... Like, the, the, the path was non-profit work. And, af- right. and after the Obama administration, or maybe probably more realistically after the Clinton or Bush administrations, it, it drastically changed. I mean, maybe that's an effect of, you know, Reaganomics on our society. But, you know, it, you know, when you look at someone going from, you know, a, a position of major power to some sort of foundation for, I don't know, anything really. Well, it's you, tough to say because it's like, you know, anything. how many how many modern – it's tough to like actually try to figure out what are trends with presidents because like so – like you only get a president every four years. You know what I mean? So it's like like George H.W. Bush. Like, what did he go on to do? Like, well, his family already had, like, fucking tons of money, right? Like, yeah. even before, like, he was the president. Like, Ronald Reagan, uh, well, that was sort of decided for him what he was going to go on to do yeah. after his presidency. Uh, 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 Bill Clinton, like... He did start a nonprofit, but like the a fake Foundation. one. Like, yeah. He started like a fake one. He was like, "Oh, I, like that's interesting." What like Jimmy Carter did, but like, how do you fucking make any money from that or whatever? So, but and it's then, weird because like, why should presidents? I, but what's so funny is that it's like so rich they never have to make any more money. Yeah, they have they have reached the peak. No, but of that, but you know what's power. interesting about that is they have reached the peak of power. That means they have more money than a normal person would ever know what to do with. But because they're at the peak of power, like if you're hanging around with like Richard Branson all the time, you're gonna start feeling like, well, shit, I gotta make some fucking money. Like these, like this guy, like has got some really nice shit. You know what I mean? Like when you're hanging around like the most powerful people in the world, like of and and you are also like prone to avarice. You know, you're gonna be like, well, Netflix made that like offer for five hundred million million dollars like i guess i'd like some nice things too i just think it's it's funny because these are hundred millionaires getting jealous of billionaires 
and the billionaires are looking uh, I think what Trump's election is actually signaling to billionaire classes that the presidency means nothing to them. Yeah. Like you are a fly. <laughs> if you're you're the president of the United States, they'll come to you and kiss your ass. It's not the other way around. They've yeah. got all the money. Uh so why would they care about a politician? Even the president. Pfft. You could buy them in a heartbeat. These, it's just so weird. I mean, with Obama, it, they bought him almost just out of like they bought him with just like respect. Like I think Obama just like liked that all the smart guys from Wall Street liked him, <laughs> so he was like, "I'm gonna have these guys around." Like they just bought it with like liking him. I, I have no idea like why he let these people in or like why he felt like it was always the plan. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, there's a time. There was a time in my life when I was a very stupid liberal, uh, where I was like, you know, Obama's like, you know, not doing that good as a president. But man, like, when he's like an ex president, he's gonna be like the best ex president. <laughs> like, he'll finally like get to say everything he wanted to and shit. And I'm like, um, if I could go back, well, I would t- tell myself to never ever vote. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was. was a, yeah, that was I, a running refrain. Oh, sorry. That was my thing before. Um, this past election, I got kind of excited by Bernie Sanders. I would just say, "Don't vote." And now I'm definitely back that, back to that. Like, don't even fucking participate. Don't, don't deem that the system has anything of value uh, to offer, at least for the presidential election, the local Absolutely. election. Although for Bernie, if he's the ticket, but otherwise, yeah, but he's not gonna be. I mean, because look, uh, if there's local stuff, I'm, I'm, I, I, I vote. I go and vote. Like whatever. Like yeah. I'm, like I'm supposed to vote. I'm supposed to vote. You know, but. The the idea that anyone votes ever vote shames about like a national presidential election is about the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Especially like if you live somewhere like, for example, California. Yeah. Uh <laughs> means, means nothing. Where the people are still blaming Susan Sarandon for Donald Trump being yeah. elected. Um yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck? The there are people like in LA like yelling at other people like about like like, how could you ever have voted for uh, uh, Jill Stein? I'm like, you guys, uh, did Trump win California? <laughs> like, uh, did I, like, miss something here? <laughs> There's a lot of conservative. Vote for Trump for all I care. I don't give a fuck, like, yeah. in California. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, you know, if Hillary Clinton gave a fuck, she would have easily won. I mean, let's remember. Let's remember <laughs> yeah. here. Like, let's look back on the 2016 election and, and you know. Which we will do for the rest of our for lives, For the rest of our lives. Yeah, uh, it'll uh, never every, every book about it. I, I, can't, I love to litigate this thing. Like, you know, so many people are always like, ah, let's never litigate it again. I'm like, mother, like, always. Let's every day litigate this election <laughs> ever again. I love it. But, like, let's remember, like, you say, you, say, you say, Leslie, that Hillary Clinton didn't care. And I think that's, like, half true. She did not care about the... The people who didn't vote for her. She did care about like Lynn Manuel Miranda and like Bono and, and that shit. Was like the- a month before the election, she was in San Francisco at like working with fucking Lynn Manuel. Like the the last tweet before the election is them doing the fucking like frozen person challenge or mannequin challenge with Bono on the plane. Like <laughs> see, and that's what's so funny about these corporate Democrats is that they actually do cater their entire election to the one percent. Yeah. That, like the Republicans pretend – they always pretend to have some sort of populist angle on whatever right-wing bullshit they're trying to spew. But the Democrats, they're it, like, yeah, we're for the rich people. Duh. But no like shit. the good rich people. They're like, you know, we stand against the rich, but not, not you guys, not you guys. But we do stand against like the, the, like the Koch brothers. But yeah, not you guys. They're, they're like, don't worry about it. Yeah, there's a few there's a few boogeymen, and usually they're in something that's connected, like, you know, to – another policy they're trying to see through so the nra bad rich people of course they're bad rich people but these are like the worst rich people right. because we have gun control we got to take care of uh the i know, mean but the fact is that the democratic party like is really the party gonna... of like wealthy professionals <laughs> right and that's uh have we talked about listen liberal before yeah i think i mean that's where i got that phrase from <laughs> <laughs> it's a great book it's a great book everyone let's go get li- listen liberal who wrote that book Oh, it's Thomas Frank. You know, he's the uh, editor-in-chief of The Baffler. Great. Uh, everyone should read it. That's a very good book. That's worth reading. See? You can crib phrases from it like I just did and will always do. We did great. Uh, man, so it gets even weirder because now Rex Tillerson's gone. The CIA has installed uh, one of the architects of the Enhanced Interrogation Program to the head of the CIA. Uh the torturer. Not, More not, not women a, torturers. 
This is a huge glass ceiling shattering for the CIA. There has never been a woman in charge before. Uh, from what I've read, uh, what's her name? She was in Thailand. She was just running a secret prison in Thailand, a black site, uh, after 9-11. Yes! Very much a, <laughs> a moment for the queens to reflect. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, like... Fuck the CIA forever. <laughs> like, fuck anything to do with the CIA. Uh, this Rex Tillerson thing is like, you know, Rex Tillerson was like the fucking CEO of Exxon. Like, I, I have no, like, place in my heart for Rex Tillerson yeah, he's at all. Probably, like, he's definitely a worse human being than even Trump. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I, like, because Trump is so pathetic as, as far as, like, like, Trump is ultimately, like, before being the president, like, not a meaningful figure. Like, I think people, like, bestow on him so much of, like, this evil businessman thing or whatever, and he is that, but he's, like, an unsuccessful and stupid one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, like, like, his buddies are the ones that are, like, pulling successful scams. Like, he's just off, like, trying to do his stupid little fucking Trump University on the side. Uh, so Tillerson gets fired. Mike Pompeo, who is a, a hawk, to put it lightly, is now in charge uh, of the, the State Department. And that's kind of a fucked up thing. He, It's not kind of a fucked up thing. It's a fucked up thing. It's weird that the oil executive is somehow less scary than who we have now. But that's how shit works. It just gets worse and worse and worse. It's all a push. I mean, it, has there ever been like a good secretary of state? <laughs> Man, no, you know it's never. Yeah, I don't think that there has been. It's like, very funny though. I remember, I, I, I remember growing up as a kid that a, a lot of liberals I knew would say stuff like, you know, Colin Powell, Colin Powell, he's in a tough spot. He's in a tough spot. Colin Powell's a good man a in bad a tough man. spot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that like I said that like during again the 2016 election, I was like I'm against Hillary for like these things that happened when she was Secretary of State, like Libya intervention and all this kind of stuff, and it's like. Someone asked me, they're like, so you could just never vote for a secretary of state? And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. I think that you should never be the president if you were uh, any of the secretaries of state. Well, I think he, anybody who's in the cabinet shouldn't get to be president. And I feel like once you're there, you get to be there once, and that's it. So, Tillerson, you know, I, I read that he suggested to Trump that we don't negotiate with North Korea, and Trump got mad at him, and then— he changed his mind and said, no, we should talk to Kim Jong-un, and then Trump still got mad at him and fired him, which I think is very funny. Yeah, Trump I, doesn't I, have time for that wishy-washy bullshit. Yeah, no flip-flopping. Did you, did you, He's did too you see busy that planning his, uh... the Space Force because he wants to make XCOM real. <laughs> Rex Tillerson's dad died, like, yesterday is what I found out, and oh, I hate to laugh because that is very sad, but... Also, this guy was the Secretary of State, CEO of Exxon. Um, so put it up. There. It's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, I mean, you can. It is pretty funny, and I will it's laugh. It's suspicious. At it. I mean, it's it's like oh, that's what you're. you're well, like, dude, it's like when uh, Travis Kalanick, the CEO of Uber, uh -huh. resigned like two days after his mom died. Like, what the fuck? That's no. not really where I was. I wasn't right. going that uh, the CIA killed his father, but it's an interesting concept. I was more just. Uh, you uh, can ask Martin Noakes. I was more just pointing out uh, uh, how deeply funny it is that uh, Rex Tillerson's dad died the day before he was uh, publicly fired. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Oh, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man! It's all so terrible. <laughs> and then I saw the, the Logan Paul was interviewing Marco Rubio on Skype on his YouTube channel to talk about so like school what, shootings, like like exactly like I I think that uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a way to phrase this. Uh, Marco's humiliation fetish has gone too far, uh, and somebody needs to step in and help this man at this point, <laughs> I think. Uh, I know that this is making him come super, super, super hard, uh, but it is too much for the rest of us to bear. Uh, so if any friends of Marco Rubio's are, are listening, uh, it's time to step in uh, and, and help your friend here. He really is like the uh, Joss Whedon of Republicans, if you think about it. He's always very <laughs> respectful, uh, wants to make it clear that he is a passionate man and all opinions should be heard. He's so full of shit. He, he tries to come off like the, the, the moderate centrist Republican, even though there's nothing even close to 
I mean, he is as right as it can be. He's up there with Ted Cruz, and just to pretend that he's anything less than a complete fucking ghoul is very quite funny. Um, but it's just so weird seeing him on this YouTube channel just in kind of grainy Skype, and he's just, you know, Jake. it, it opens up with Jake Paul going, what's up, dude? And then they just talk about gun violence in schools. It's It's also YouTube trying to rebuild this shithead's reputation after he you know, burn down his fifth house or whatever the fuck he did. Like, this kid is the wild man. He makes $12 million a year just to... It is Logan Paul, though, who's the did bigger troublemaker. Jake? No, Jake interviewed him, but Logan is the uh, the bigger troublemaker of the two. It's a, bro- a pair of brothers, uh, right. if you don't know. There's one guy, Jake Logan Paul. They look exactly <laughs> the same. The only video I've ever seen of theirs is the video where they bring their dad to their home... And then they do a blind kissing contest with a girl where, so like Jake kisses the girl, then Logan kisses the girl, then their dad kisses the girl. Oh, I, thought, I thought they were going to be kissing their dad. No. I thought they were going to go blind and then see if they could tell the difference between their dad and a girl. No, but you can find those videos on Pornhub, I'm sure. it's. I did see that, uh, this is really funny, because we're in Reboot Mania and everything from Roseanne to Murphy Brown... To, I don't know, I'm surprised Cheers isn't coming back, but I saw that American Idol's reboot has been a massive failure, and I enjoy that. I enjoy watching a reboot go down in flames, and a big part of that is because it, when they uh, when the show switched from Fox to ABC, the new mandate was that American Idol was going to be cruelty-free, and this was going to be a new, nice, friendly idol, but like... Yeah. Let's be clear. I thought it was fucked up that they were testing all those shampoos on American Idol <laughs> condition, contestants. So let's be clear. Let's be clear. The music industry and American Idol has always been about exploiting random fucking people in their hopes that they can have a singing career when it's very obvious they can't. Like American Idol has always been evil as shit. And people watch that show because they like that British asshole Simon Cowell screaming obscenities at random people from Kentucky. Like that's the truth. People enjoy it. People enjoy the cruelty of that show. As soon as the tryouts end, the ratings usually dip off until the voting starts. And so to see it come back and, and go up in flames is pretty funny to me. Yeah, who wants when to watch to spin it? Who watch who wants to watch a bunch of okay singers sing a bunch of songs that aren't any pop songs that aren't any good, picked by, you know, the corporate staff. Like it's not interesting. Is that what was funny was they would build up all these people because they would never like tell you that the singer is crappy before they gave you their entire biography. Like they would make put all these biography segments on where it was like, you know, this guy, he survived, you know, such and such a, as a cancer scare as a child. He grew he uh he he waits tables and uh and is a taxi driver. He works, you know, 50 hours a week to support his uh, three younger siblings because their parents died in the fire. And then his dream is to be a singer. And this is his one great hope. And then and then Ryan Seacrest would be like hyping them up. Like, okay, we're just so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for coming out. And then he comes out and he just sounds like a cat wailing. For, <laughs> and it's like there's this five-minute buildup just to humiliate um a person who wants to live their dream for right. and that was entertaining uh, for a while, but then they got then like somebody actually killed themselves after. That's it. right, uh, a Paula a Paula Abdul uh, obsessive who changed her name to Paula. Simon dressed her down on the show, and then she killed herself outside of Paula Abdul's house. And that was sort of, I think, a, a turning point for everybody. Like, what the fuck are we watching? Like. I was at the dentist yesterday, and Jerry Springer is still on the air, and I had no idea, and it was, I mean, it was, like, horrible. Like, the episode was called Fruit Punched, and it was just like, oh, my boyfriend is actually transgender. It's the same shit they've been doing for 30 years. I had figured Jerry Springer was long off the air, but... No, I think even his bodyguard has a show now. Oh, Steve? Yeah, well, there's a show for, what's his name, Steve? Steve the Bodyguard. Yeah, he has a last name too. All and of it's the, in the show. <laughs> all, of, all of the awful reality TVs, you know, just because we all logged off of cable and got onto the internet doesn't mean it went away. And I think that's, I think when a lot of young people get shocked uh, when they see something that is so, especially young liberals, see stuff that is contrary to their values, it shows how 
insulated they are just because sure. they don't watch. I mean, just like not channel surfing alone cuts you off from half of the fucking country. It's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, you know, liberals. Watch more Jerry Springer. Get <laughs> out there. <laughs> Maybe you win some of these races. Well, no, I mean, it's just that I had, I I figured that shit was gone. I, I, I had no idea that all the, and it's fucking disgusting, and it shouldn't be there anymore, but it obviously will never go away. People were offended by this in the 80s. So I, it's more like, instead of, like, instead of sending death threats to the, you know, the writers of Steven Universe, like, acknowledge the fact that, like, outside of this is, is pure <laughs> hell. Pure hell. <laughs> what else do we want to get into? What have you guys... We, we Did we record any of the gaming stuff? Did we talk about what games we've been playing? Um, I don't think we recorded any of it. What have I been playing? I'm, I'm about to finally get to the end of uh, Near Automata after all this time. Uh, you've been playing that for, like, three months now. It's a, it's a really great and long game. Uh... Leslie, I, um, I'm only going to say this because I admitted it on the stream, uh, and so somebody, you know, would probably send the clip to you anyway, but, um, the third playthrough was just too hard. It was, uh, it was an extremely unforgiving and unfun experience, uh, for a little while there. Um, no, don't tell me. Then I won't tell you. I won't say it. No spoilers on this um, show, then. No, but I, uh, I was forced to make the switch to um, easy mode from normal yeah. mode. However, I will say that there are a lot of plugins you can use for your character that allow things like auto-aim and stuff like that when you switch to easy. I did not use any of those. I simply wanted to lower the uh, combat abilities and damage of the enemies I was fighting. Um, Shame. And I'm going to be heading home from this episode uh, right now. Shame, sir. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Oh. It would be a shame not to know what happens at the end of uh, you know two B and nine S's story. I agree. The t- get good, okay. That's all no, I can. He could have watched the. He could have watched this on YouTube. Give him credit for at least playing it through to to the end on this. I three. refuse. Three playthroughs is a lot. I refuse. I know, I it's, know not three, it's not three. It's not three. It's not three playthroughs. It's, it's one, one long playthrough. It's like one long. Playthrough. I heard you yeah, guys. It, got, do it this. gets really, really. Hard, um, <laughs> and so I'm sorry. I, that's what I wanted to say. Well, you is I'm should sorry. be. You should be. <laughs> Do you uh, think traffic was bad because Trump's in Beverly Hills right now? I just realized that. Oh, no way. I think it's just because of the rain. Yeah, I funny. actually feel like it's so funny. Like every time Obama came to town, it felt like they blocked off like every Everything. street. Just like every street, they blocked off like the entire city. Like Trump's here. Like it seems like they don't even care to like. They're not even like giving a presidential escort. It oh, feels yeah. like we, we called it Obama traffic. It was yeah. It was bad. really really bad. And Obama every time he came to L.A., he would like do like a fucking tour of the entire town. Like he had to go, of course, I'm sure now that I look back well, in retrospect, he was like zillionaires house. Well, in retrospect, gonna... like I think he was probably doing pitch meetings. He probably had a couple generals he had to <laughs> make it to. Uh, uh, and well, so, yeah, I mean, if you're going to Sony and then you're going to Paramount, like, you know, that's going to end up blocking off like half the city. I believe in all of his trips to Los Angeles, which he made, I mean, God, at least three so, a year. Yeah, a lot. He was coming to LA all the time. I think he spoke to maybe a community college once. The, yeah, every no, other it was time, all dinners at like Clooney's house. And it shit. was Clooney's house. It was Jeffrey Katzenberg's house. I, I believe uh, it was Harvey Weinstein's Har- house. It was definitely it was Jared Harvey Fogel's house. Yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not Jared Fogel. Uh, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't live in LA. He lives in prison. Yeah, no, it, but it was. It was like Weinstein's house. That is true. That it was Harvey Weinstein's definitely, house. Definitely, and you know. If I, I bet you know what I bet he's kicking himself, wishing he had gone to Reed Hastings' house more often. <laughs> he backed the wrong horse there. He certainly did. Um. So I've been playing um, on your recommendation, Jack. Oh. Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom okay. Battle, and I have to blame you for this. I'm not. Re- I'm not really loving it. I'm not really Whoa. enjoying it's it. Margarita's favorite game. But like, that's all right. So. You know, it's XCOM clone, right? Except sure. instead of base management uh, between, you know, the fights, there's a really crappy, really unfun, really boring, um, really ugly, actually, like, you know, 
platformer without jumping. It's like you just run around the map collecting coins. And it's like, I have no idea why this is in the game except to extend the link. Like, they could have just had, like, base building like they have in the regular XCOM. Instead, it's just like you run around solving puzzles and finding coins. And it's like, you already have that in Super Mario Galaxy, except it's actually fun. And so I, I I don't really dig that part. I don't really dig the unskippable cutscenes. The music's not good. The fighting is actually good. Like the like yeah. the, like slide kicking like the enemies. That's cool. But like I realized, I I assume that I would enjoy an X style XCOM style game regardless of the aesthetic. But I don't really like. I wow, want damn. I want like an actual you know interesting good aesthetic like. You know, just these, you know, little kind of slutty rabbits um, (laughs) causing trouble. This is you. This is just like the cookies. This is your brain cookie. No, 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 no. Rabbits slutty. There is. I have screenshots. Okay, there is one wearing. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you have. There is one wearing a choke collar, sitting in the. There's a rubber (laughs) ducky in a choke collar, sitting in the toilet with a rabbit (laughs) riding him. And the actual commentary is, "Oh, I don't even want to know what's going on here." If you click A, that's what it says. Okay. So don't don't try to challenge me okay, on that. Okay. There's there's official promotional material of the rabbits in like you know like the tied up in like the like the Japanese like rope uh, sex uh, tying thing. They have that like as an official promotion for the rabbits. So yeah, rabbits are French minions. Yeah. So lots of ba- lots lots of bondage play going on in this game, but it doesn't make it interesting. Unfortunately, Shit, it's my not. girlfriend's favorite game. I don't even um, think- well, that's a real shame. Uh, but I I do think that that has to do largely with your anti Mario bias. So I'm just gonna say that for me, and I think I would also extend this to all the listeners. We should just not take that review very seriously. Well, but here, here's here's my, here's my better question. <laughs> Uh, not better question. Here's here's the yeah. question I've been. That's not a better. That's the rude. Here's what I I meant to ask. Here's my question. My mascot is obviously Sonic the Hedgehog. That's my shit. That's my faction. Yeah. Uh, I think Jack. It's fair to say. I mean, he's got Mario on the wall of this office, so he's a Mario guy. Well, you know, it, it is. It's a little more complex than that. But I'll take Mario for the. I mean, for the purposes or me, of this is it, I mean, a Crash Bandicoot inspired. I mean, but I had a Sega when I was a kid, so it's hard for me to claim Mario. Right. But I, but I do love the world of Mario, and uh, uh, you know, f- and and hold it very close to my heart. So you're not a Mario American, but it's there. Yeah. I get it. But but L, who I feel like who, a bandwagoner is all. No. We're all bandwagoners. We're gamers. L, who who's your mascot of choice? Solid who, Snake. Ha- it's okay. Yeah. Snake's right. not a mascot. I would say he's a multifaceted. Okay, fine, char- fine, <laughs> fine. All right, fine. Kratos. I knew it was gonna be Kratos. Kratos. I knew it was gonna be Kratos. Kratos. Because Jill Valentine. Likes- Okay. Okay. Not these baby games. All right. I'm oh. Sorry. God, <laughs> you, you act like it's one or the other. But Man, it is. Yeah. It is because I want the whole. I'm, I'm, but I'm literally saying, like, I would enjoy this game more if there were like adult people in it and they were fighting for a reason and not just like a, mm-hmm. like a. There's like a Roomba. You play as a Roomba. A fucking bunny Roomba <laughs> is your character <laughs> in this That's game. The playable character, sure. Um, so here's a question: Do you think you would enjoy XCOM more? If there was an image of one of the XCOM people uh, in a toilet uh, straddling uh, whatever you said. Uh, uh, absolutely uh, not. It, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a rabbit straddling a rubber ducky who's wearing a choker, like a studded choker inside the toilet. And <laughs> I don't know why I, they did that. You know, I don't know why they I'll made this game. I'll tell you why game. they did that. I'll tell you why they did that, because everyone... At Ubisoft has a deviant art profile. Every single employee there, and that's just how it is. If you go to sign up at Ubisoft, they say, "Where's your deviant art? Art? Where's your furry stuff? Where, where's your Rule Thirty Four? Um, We're Ubisoft. It's what we do." And what else? I, what else have I been playing? I'm just, I'm just gonna beat Nier and Jonathan. What have you been playing other than Golf Story? Other than Golf Story, uh. Fl- uh, Flame in the Flood, which I think L had mentioned before, it's really fun. Uh, it's a survival game where basically you are on a raft and you go through what I believe is supposed to be sort of a fantastical version of, you know, uh, 
a, a Katrina style apocalypse where everything is, you know, it, it's definitely everyone is mm. southern and everything's flooded and broken. I mean, it's definitely supposed to be some sort of meta commentary on on you know what happened in Gulfport and Katrina and in the Bayou. And you just basically you you upgrade your stuff. It's a survival game. It's very much a. It reminded me of a of a game I played uh, on the Game Boy called Survival Kids. I don't know if you've ever played that, mm. but it's really fun. You just it, it was an economy game on the Game Boy Color where you just except instead of being washed up on one island and having to survive, you go from island to island with your dog. So you're this little girl. You have to keep yourself warm, set fires, find food. Avoid being mauled to death by wolves, <laughs> boars, and bears. Find, uh, you know, not you can get you can get like infections if you get hurt. Like you constantly have to take care of yourself and build new stuff, or you're just gonna die. But it's it's addicting. It's got a really cool and uh, relaxing, actually mostly acoustic soundtrack with some vocals, and it it totally works. It's got like a neat art style that kind of reminds me of Psychonauts. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm not playing much in the way of gory games lately, besides occasionally popping on Dark Souls 3, playing for, you know, an hour at a time, getting completely slaughtered, then going, meh, in frustration, because I'm a baby, and I've lost my skills. Yeah, that's how I felt. I got a... I downloaded Counter-Strike Global Offensive the other day. I haven't had it installed in a long time, but playing PUBG in first person made me want to play it again, and... uh, yeah, I felt like uh, an old man. I really felt like an old man playing that game uh, again. You know, it's weird. You know, we're we're in our late twenties. Not so, me. I'm no, in my early. 30s. I was going to say late twenties, early thirties, and you know, it. I don't want to say it's emasculating to get you know slaughtered by a team of twelve year olds that act like a seal unit when yeah. you play one of these <laughs> team based shooter games, but it it certainly is humbling. It certainly gives you a little bit of perspective, yeah. which is why I'm excited because I'm going to be getting a PC soon and I'll actually have time to... Congratulations. Yeah, I'm going to upgrade. I'm, it'll be really nice and I'll be able to start streaming more on the Twitch channel and also hopefully get uh, some of you all listening to play some games with us. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Hey, you know what I was thinking about? Uh, uh, you know how that uh, Fortnite is coming out on iOS? Uh, yeah. And it's like cross-play or whatever, yeah, you right? Yeah, you can play people, I think, on the PC and maybe the Xbox. So, like, phone. in the short term, that's going to make this game fun again because everyone will, like, be really, really bad. And it'll be really easy to get kills from people playing on the phone. But in the long term, like, look down the, like, long lens here. We are cre- we're forging a generation of gamers that's going to be that they're going to have to learn to get good at a third person shooter on a cell phone. Can you even imagine what's going to happen when we put controllers in these kids' hands? I mean, they're going to be masters. I mean, it's I I you know I we have a lot of catching up to do. We have a lot of catching up to do when it comes with other countries when it comes to our competitive esports. Uh, and I think that that's one of the major issues. I'm a single issue voter, and that's my single <laughs> issue. Um, uh, and I think that this could 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 be a start uh, toward getting us there. Uh, you know, I'd like to see us beat Korea one day, um, and and maybe this uh, maybe this will get us there. I'd like to see us beat Korea uh, in esports more than I'd like to see a unified Korea. <laughs> Wouldn't it be, would be funny if Donald Trump got the Nobel Peace Prize and accidentally? Yeah, I was thinking. I was talking about that with, uh, well, our old, uh, you know, I guess he's known online as Bug Main. I was talking about it with Bug Main, and he's like, "That's what Trump's like. Trump's going to accidentally do world peace just by like being a fool." It was very weird because I was listening to NPR when Trump made that announcement, and all of the you know classic resistance anchors were going, uh. Well, this could be, you know, we're not really sure what's really happening here, but it looks like um, for the first time in in 60 years, a uh, president is uh, going to North Korea. Wow. Uh, like, it was just pure shock. Yeah. And I rarely hear that from my TV and radio personality, so that's always fun. Yeah, there's been more moments of, of uh, get letting us watch these people uh, – 
as their world shatters before their eyes. And so I, I do enjoy that. Leslie, I, I am looking at this uh, this screenshot here, and I, I must cop to that that is definitely some fucked up sex thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, Thank is, you. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, that's disgusting. Wait, did you put this in? Oh, you put this in prep. Yeah. Oh, no. The minions are horny, I'm telling you. The rabbits. The rabbits. They're all rabbits, minions. Uh, the minions are sexless. They're like little children, right? I don't know. I don't watch the fucking. I don't know. They movies. don't. Do they? Are they like Smurfs? Do they reproduce? Because remember, there's only Smurfette. Uh, that that was a scene in Donnie Darko. This conversation. That, I, I I didn't even I didn't see this movie. I don't know anything about this. But when the Smurfs, the Lost Village, was coming out, I assumed it was going to be a Lost Village of girl Smurfs. Did that end up being the case? Do you guys know what happened in the Smurfs, the Lost Village? Isn't the Smurfs Village lost? <laughs> Isn't that isn't that the whole fucking point that like nobody knows the Smurfs exist and like so well Gargamel knows yeah exactly and that's why he's the bad guy because he's always trying to he's the only one that knows and he's always trying to fuck him over and the assumption is that if any other humans uh, learned of the Smurfs existence the same thing would happen so why would there be another lost village of Smurfs they're already the lost village Hollywood just doesn't make sense anymore I guess. Uh, well, don't worry. They'll re- I'm sure Sony will try to reboot it again before it's eventually absorbed by Amazon. Oy vey. Stephen Hawking just died, by the way, as of six minutes ago, what? according to The Guardian. Yeah, it sucks. Hold on. That really does suck. Uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia for the Smurfs, the Lost Village right now <laughs> to see if I'm right about this. Yeah, you you know, Stephen Hawking did so much to enhance our lives and make us um, pursue knowledge, and that's why we're looking. We're both looking at the Wikipedia for Smurfs: <laughs> The Lost Village because have- he just sparked that love of science and inquiry yeah. and curiosity. information demands to be free. Uh, and this is exactly this is the kind what of Aaron Swartz died for. This is what <laughs> Albert Einstein brought us for a world where anybody, anybody, could get a phone that looks at them all the time and follows all their habits and sells them and lets you read information on the Smurfs 24-7. You never... It's actually kind of shitty because it used to be... I remember the days, because I'm so fucking old, where I would be out with friends and I'd say, uh, who was the name of that person again? I don't know. Forget it. It doesn't happen anymore. Now you pull out your phone, you get the name of the person, right? Or you're a failure. Yeah. So, so it looks like that there are more female Smurfs than the other one, but it's not an all female Smurf okay. village. And, and it looks, and so the Lost Village grossed 197 million dollars worldwide. <laughs> um, it stars uh, Demi Lovato, Rain Wilson, um, Danny Pudi, Michelle Rodriguez, love her. Um, oh, yeah. Ellie, Ellie, Ellie Kemper, Megan Trainer of um, the white oh, girl all about the, that, that the butt song. Yeah, the white girl butt song and Ma- yeah. Manny Patinkin. You know, you know she grew up in Nantucket. In, really? Yeah. I don't know. When I went to Nantucket one time, they were like Megan Trainer grew up here, and I was like, oh, cool. I guess she's extremely rich. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, Manny Patinkin and Julia Roberts actually. Um, stars. Well, Julia Roberts, as I was glancing over this, I think she plays like kind of the Papa Smurf, you know, analog, right? Like she plays like Mama Smurf or something. Yeah, she she's a uh, sorry Smurf Willow, the motherly Smurf leader of Smurfy Grove, and Papa Smurf's eventual rival slash love interest. Oh, this actually, it's funny that uh, I was on the Sony lot last year for just some random meeting that led to nothing, as ninety nine point nine percent of any of these lot meetings lead to, and I saw. Uh, so Sony was promoting Smurfs Lost Village, but they are also promoting a bunch of random corporate, like, HR initiatives. So it was, like, things like there was Smurfette going, like, always remember to recycle. And then there was something about Papa Smurf was saying, like, report sexual harassment. (laughs) I remember, I can't imagine a worse... I've heard some fucked up stories about Papa Smurf, actually. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the problem is, is that... They they tried me too in Gargamel, but his agent was just too good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there was bad stories that came out about Gargamel, but he just kept tweeting, and no one seems to care. Yeah, he just powered through. <laughs> and you, in the spirit of inquiry, I clicked through to uh, Julia Roberts' Wikipedia page, and there's a photo of her at an event, and the microphone from the person interviewing her. It's his shoulder is over the first letter in the word word. And they're apparently from a, a outlet called Canal Plus, but oh, the so it's it's anal. French. 
Anal plus, actually. So <laughs> I like that. Well, um, <laughs> we started at a topical episode. We're now describing the picture that Leslie saw when he clicked through from Julia Roberts' Wikipedia uh, from Smurfs to Lost Village. So um, maybe we should wrap it up there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else? Is maybe there's not enough hell? going on in the world if we're like this deep into the Smurfs to Lost Village Wikipedia page. We've actually caught people up on the news this week. That's yeah. kind of remarkable, and we did it. That's all that happened, everybody. <laughs> and 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 it will be all that happened when you hear this in ten days. <laughs> <laughs> all right, have a good night, folks. All right, later, everyone. Salutations, comrades. It's me, number one anime correspondent, Alex Patak. From those two episodes of Struggle Session, you remember, I return with news from the front about a sweeping new podcast that is affecting the war effort called Fallen Out Super. You're gonna love it. We present an interesting leftist perspective to Dragon Ball Super on Adult Swim. We've had Felix Biederman of Trapo Trap House and all the other top Mao-like figures of the day, including two hosts from this podcast. Wow. So you gotta see it, because otherwise we'll shoot you, because it's war communism. I'll see you there. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.